Hi, George. Hi, George. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It is wine day. Wine cheers Wednesday. to you, friend. Ooh, that was a good cheers. That was a good cheers. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, George. Happy Wednesday. Cheers. Cheers. You're drinking red today. I am drinking red today. I stole it. My husband opened a bottle of red, and I felt like red, and now I can't remember what kind of red it was, but it's delicious. Is it refrigerated? No. No. I'm just drinking our Pinot Grigio. Nothing fancy today here. (laughs) Well, normally I really like white wine because it's cold, and I don't usually like warm wine, but this is like room temperature. It's like not, not too bad. Yeah. I don't know why today felt like a red day. I'm wearing like a very cozy sweater. I maybe that contributes. It goes to very it. well with your aesthetic that you have going on here. Thanks. If you want to check it out, you can take a look at our new IGTV over on our Instagram, the yes. Warning Moms Podcast, and check it out. Yes. Uh, we were answering some questions over there. Yes. So, George. George. How you doing? Do a wine or a win? I have. Um, well, I don't fully know if it's a win yet, but I have like an introvert win, which, okay. you know, is close <laughs> to my heart. Well, you'll understand. like a win in progress. Like, I, I, none of my wins are yet. ever like fully wins. Like each episode's like, well, just kind of. Um, okay. So I had some interviews this week. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm like pursuing an opportunity and I had a couple of rounds of interviews and I am a wicked introvert. You know this about me. And so in interviews, I get. Uh, and maybe do you do this as like an introvert where like you think about what the interaction is going to be like before you even enter that room or yes like I'm worried about like am I going to sit in the right place am I going to um do the right thing with my hands do I have to make super direct eye contact the whole time or like I go through all of I these like to things. be prepared yes yeah yeah and that's part of the preparation I think in my brain is I walk through like what is this going to be like do I shake the person's hand even though I know this person like it's a very you know what yeah. I mean so I walk through these things in my head I'm well, like that with everything in life yeah right like, well, you asked me today about the mobile mechanic, and I was like, yes, and here is exactly detailed of what happened, because, like, I would like to know what is going to happen when they show up at my house. I think I am more like that in professional All stuff, right. like the preparation piece okay. of it. Like, I can wing it with people that I don't really know, um, or, like, family or yeah. friends, but, like, professional winging it throws me off. So, yeah. um Anyways, long story short, it's a pandemic, so everything is virtual. My, none of my company is working in the office right now. So all of these interviews were virtual, and Zoom interviews are phenomenal. Like yeah. I am a whole different person on a Zoom you interview. You in your own comfy chair. You don't have to figure. You don't I have to figure legitimately had a blanket over my legs during the Zoom interview because it was cold. But you know, I just felt like I totally was myself. I didn't do like the weird nervous. I don't know. Like in an in-person interview, even though I'm the same level of confident in my mm-hmm. preparation for an interview, my hands would be shaking, or I would just be like a little nervous. Yeah. And this was totally different. I felt in your own so space. confident in these interviews. So yeah. So I feel like they have to get like a better sense of an actual person if they are in their own home, comfortable. I agree. Not in your weird, overly lit office. Right. And like meeting somebody for the first time, like it, it, it made like the eye contact less intense, and it made. Because mm-hmm. obviously you're like looking at different people on a screen. They're just squares on a screen. They're not real like human. Yeah, and like I, it, it's something about the physical space that like the fact that we were not sharing the physical space just made me feel so much more confident and so much more confident that like the interview was about the actual content and not this like weird perception I had to give. Yeah. Um. So and I was much more myself. Um. So yeah. So I mean, who knows if. The That's opportunity will progress. Yeah, the progress will find out. But I think it's going to be a full on thanks win. Thanks, I have steep competition, but um, you know, we'll see. And if nothing else, like feeling good after the interview is a win because I've yeah, always been done that like roller coaster where I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't answer this question right, or I should have said this, but yeah. I was nervous, or like, and it's always ever, it's always been, I should have answered this differently, and I answered it this way because I was nervous. Yeah, and that didn't happen this time. So, yeah. So I would say it's a win. Well, cheers to you. Thanks. And you're going to get it. Oh, thanks. I <laughs> we shall see. Are you winning or winning this week? I don't know. I'm all over the place. I think I need to whine today. Have at it. I know. Um, <laughs> Do you like how I'm stabby on your behalf just I instantly? I don't even have anything that stabby. I just want to complain about something that I hope that mamas around the world here can, that we, you know, our global following that we have, <laughs> can um, relate to. So my baby monitors, I hate them. They're the worst. The worst. The worst. They're all broken. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we have two. And so the first one that we got, it worked just fine. And to the point where you, like, recommended it to other people. Mm-hmm. And then I got a second one for my son. And since he's been born, like, my daughter's monitor, you cannot unplug it or it just dies immediately. Mm. And I bought a new battery for it. Doesn't matter. It still just dies immediately. It lasted for, like, a month. And then now it just dies immediately. His has been, like, the antenna's broken, which is, like, his fault. He broke it. But, um... <laughs> It's just, like, the, just all of it. And, like, the, the temperature display, it's, like, wildly different than what's happening in my house. So I have to be <laughs> like, oh, I know when your room says it's that temperature, then it's okay, even though I know it's not actually that temperature. Um, just all of it. That so. makes sense. One time Claire took a nap in your son's room, and I was like, it says it's 90 degrees in there. And I was like, what's happening? But I realized I'm like, no, the not... heat's just turned on at the moment. It'll yeah. go back down, and then it rapidly goes back down. So his, I know if it says, like, 78, it's good. Because, mm-hmm. like, where it's positioned, which is, like, fine, the technology, but it's just the batteries on them. Yeah. Are awful. What, okay, and what is that I, about? Like, how can we have, like, the most amazing technology and everything else, and then the monitors suck? I don't understand. Like, cell phones are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize they're expensive, but also, like, most monitors are expensive, well, too. And, like, the one I bought when my son was born, it said that it could do the remote pan, tilt, whatever, mm. and it can't. So I had to remove that into my daughter's room and just put it in the corner of her room because she's mm. older. She's five now. She just, she'll ask us for things, but I don't need to necessarily see her, whereas he, like, still, like, gets himself stuck in things that I need to be able to, like, see what he's <laughs> doing. I need to be able to move the monitor. Um, so I had to like switch their monitors when he was born because the one I ordered didn't actually do what it said it was going to do. And then, yeah, it's all like hers. It's just like, mm. I can like see her eyes looking at me and that's about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm well, writing about baby monitors. And, baby monitors. you know, if you have any good baby monitors that you recommend that aren't like $300, yeah. send them my way. Yeah. My husband and I literally know. joke, well, like when we're downstairs at the end of the night, he'll unplug her, the monitors and he's like, okay, I'm on a clock. I got to go upstairs. And he'll like run upstairs <laughs> with the monitor. I, one time we, we, we had a really expensive Motorola monitor and we took it on vacation mm-hmm. and then my husband wanted to switch rooms to like a better viewer, like something ridiculous. Right. And I'm like, you know how it is when you have to pack up all the shit again to like yeah. move a room. So I was already really salty about it. And then we got to the room and I was like, we don't have the charging cord for the baby monitor. So then we called back to the desk and they went back to the room. They're like, we can't find it. We can't find it. And it, it was like, seriously painful to try and get somebody on the line that we could order just the charging cord for it. Uh-huh. It was a racket. Like, you can't just buy the charging cord. And to this day, we had to, like, go buy some cheapo baby monitor because they... we cannot get the replacements anywhere. Like, we've tried. Mm-hmm. The Bye Bye Baby, the Motorola company, the customer service. The... The one... Is it the one that connects to the actual monitor or to the parent unit? To the um, parent unit. So ours, at least, I'll have to look at yours. Ours is, like, our old phone chargers work mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, no, we tried every, we got, like. You guys um, have iPhones, though. Maybe it's No, this was, like, phone. we got, we looked, we had all the other cords. We oh. had, we even bought cords that had, like, an extension piece that you put on to, like, oh my make God. it fit. We went through everything. You're like, I'm just going to buy a new monitor We spent a fortune this on this monitor because we were, like, dumb, stupid parents. who are like, oh, let's get the best monitor. And it was, like, now yeah. we have it, like, we literally spent, I think, 40 or 60 bucks. We got it, like. A second-hand one on yeah. Amazon, like a used, and yours is better than like mine, new, and it works fine. And mine's, yeah, mine's also supposed to be one. So, anyways, I'm whining about baby monitors because they're the worst. They are the worst. I'm sorry, friend. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I just, Whatever. Need, a, I just need a recommendation <laughs> for one that doesn't. I just want the battery to last. Like that shouldn't be that hard. I bought replacement batteries, even right. And they still don't last. Well, I don't understand. Like they can make other stupid pieces of technology. The battery last a very long time. Yeah, like my. I got some cheapo, like, wireless headphones off Amazon, and the battery lasts for, like, three days. But my babe monitor, it lasts for 4.7 seconds, and then... It's the worst. That's it. So. <laughs> I'm sorry you're writing. What are we... I'm actually, like, I'm actually feeling really good this week, though. Good. I just kind of had that down as something that, like, I'm constantly whining about, and I feel like people can hopefully relate to, but all in all, like, I feel like I'm actually accomplishing a lot this week. That's good. So. I mean, like we've been win. doing great. We've been editing. We've been, like, getting content ready been. for our listeners. Yeah. So I'm feeling good about that. And what we wanted to talk about today is, um, you know, to just <laughs> a really great topic. Um, we want to talk about guilt today. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Final like, episode of the season. Guilt. Yes. <laughs> guilt. <laughs> so we are ending our season with 10 episodes today. Ten and, episodes. You we know, made it. 
I know. Congratulations us. So we'll kick back up again. Yeah, soon. Soon. Um, But we just want to kind of brainstorm some content for you guys. So if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, find us on our Instagram page, The Whining Moms Podcast, and let us know. Um, But today I just wanted to, so I was talking to my cousin who, shout out to her. I know she listens to us when she's working out. Yay. um, Thank you for listening. I know. It makes me so happy when people that we know listen to the podcast and they enjoy it. I'm like, well, that's great. And then obviously finding people that we don't know as well that we can connect to. Um, but I was talking to her about guilt and how it functions in our decision-making process. Mm. So we were talking about kind of the concept of the guilt trip that people can give you. Mm. <laughs> you got real crazy eyes for that. I have so many opinions on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like how that functions for us in that We've kind of talked about when we were talking about anxiety, it's like, it's almost like you feel like you're having to do your due diligence yeah. by feeling bad when somebody puts that guilt trip on you. So if you make a decision that's best for your family or your, you as a human or your kid or whatever, mm-hmm. and somebody else is going to make you feel bad about it because it's not the decision that they would have made, it makes you feel like you can't own that decision, that you can't just be confident in it because somehow mm-hmm. you're being a jerk. What um, can I ask, like, what are some of the things that have happened maybe to your cousin or like that you guys were talking about that make it clear that that person is giving a guilt trip to you? Well, with us, we were kind of talking about it in the context of like when you know certain people, you know what they're going to do before mm-hmm. they even do it. So you're like, OK, I've made this choice. I have to now tell this person and I already know what they're going to say and yeah. then I'm going to have to feel guilty. So I was talking about it to her about like, well, just own your decision. Like your decision's fine. Right. Like you've thought about everything. It's, yeah. it's not hurting anybody else. It's putting you and your family first, and that's great. And so we were talking about it in that context. Um, but the angst of that um, but we still judgment, that like yeah. looming judgment I know. is painful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when, when I was, I told her, I was like, own your decision. You've thought, thought it through. And she's like, this sounds like a good podcast episode. Yeah, like, it does. So I hope this resonates for other people. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about of how it just, it makes me happy when like people we know that we do converse with, it resonates and then we can kind of create content that works for people. So, um, yeah, good idea. I think that, yeah. So we were talking about it in that context of just, it was more people that we know and you know, they're going to guilt trip you. What did you ask me if it, like, what were some of the things that they, people may have done to exhibit that they disapprove of your opinion? It's more just, like, the passive-aggressive. Like, maybe the tone. The tone. Just, like, the, you know, I, just knowing they don't want you to make that decision, but kind of that passive-aggressive, like, oh, okay, yeah, you're going to miss out, or, like, you're going to, I wish you would have made a different choice, or I wish you would have, and then it makes you kind of, that guilt, it's, like, it's functional, like, a lot of the emotions that we've talked about on this episode, like, especially when we talked Mm -hmm. about in our anxiety episodes, it's functional for you, because it's, like, you feel like you should feel badly because the other person's not okay with your choice, even though you know for yourself you did everything you were supposed to do. Like, you did your due diligence for your own right being. And then it's just that – it's just figuring out what to do with that when people are doing those, like, body language, passive-aggressive comments. Yeah. Because or... a lot of times I think it's not necessarily that you feel guilty because you did something wrong, but it's, like, you are – being made to feel like you should feel guilty for that. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's like you're owning that decision. Like if you were to tell me that or, or if I were to, you know, express something that I was like hemming and hawing about trying to make a decision, you would be like, no, you've thought through all this. Mm-hmm. You're drawing a boundary. That's a healthy thing to do. But then it's like, if I'm like, yeah, and I go and own that, then like the person who might be giving me the guilt trip is like, oh, do you not care about my opinion? And that's, like, where the guilt comes in. Because it's not necessarily that you feel guilty about the decision you made, but you Mm -hmm. feel guilty that somebody perceives that to be, like, a personal dig against them. And I think that sometimes people wrongly, like, (laughs) wrongly interject themselves in your life when it's not their position to tell you what you should or should not do in that scenario. It's not. And I, I feel like guilt is one of those emotions that as I am actively feeling it, I'm asking myself, why are you feeling this right now? Yeah. You did everything you're supposed to do, and it's almost like you feel like you have to feel badly or else you don't care about that person. Right. Because that's how they make you feel. That if I don't feel badly about this, if I don't, like, spiral about this and... It's like learned suffering, almost. Right. You feel like you should be suffering because, like, you made this decision and you're enjoying it, but somebody else is upset about it, so, like, somehow you should be suffering. Right. 
And you shouldn't. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is, like, you can't please everybody. And we've talked about this yeah. before. It's like, if you're going to disappoint somebody, why why do we feel like we should disappoint ourselves mm-hmm. rather than other people? And that's for kind of when we were talking about owning our choices in whatever capacity the situation is. It's like, you need to own your choice as the thing that you chose that was best for you. And like as moms, best for our kids or best for our families. If we're, if, if mom is listening, have partners. And it's like, I don't remember what I was going with that, but like, <laughs> you just have to, you just have to own those choices. And it's like, you feel like you're not, you're not doing your due diligence if you don't feel that guilt. And I feel like sometimes generationally, like there have been generations that were like, told to be seen and not heard and like that their feelings didn't matter and then the subsequent generation then didn't really know how to like cope with those feelings because like they got the remnants of that plus like this new individuality and then they raised kids who now like our generation who are like so um empowered to be like yeah no i'm going to make this choice and like we we do this actively with our kids like we yeah. teach them to draw boundaries like if yeah. our kids are saying goodbye to each other we like teach them to say like hey would you like a hug or yeah. whatever like and this is like things that we actively i've seen yeah. us both do instead of just assuming that like the other person's opinion is how you should feel because that's right. like a polite thing to do and i do think there's it's like the this light piece that makes you like, feel that guilt yeah like it, it's like an expectation from a, like a manners perspective mm-hmm. which is silly because the people that matter would prioritize your happiness mm-hmm. and it's not that the people that are giving you guilt trip don't matter in your life well it's confusing when it's the people that do matter right that aren't prioritizing your happiness so you don't know what to do with that because you're trying to say I'm doing the thing that's making me happy that I can do that I'm mm-hmm. comfortable with and you're making me feel badly about that. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't know what to do with that emotion. And so it turns into this weird guilt feeling. Yeah. Guilt is the best way to describe it. And I'm much more permissive of that from people that I really care about that are specifically like family. Like it's not like a friendship that I chose to have in my life mm-hmm. or, um, I'm or somebody at work I'm much more permissive of like that weird telling me how I should feel and feeling bad that I'm not making you happy when it's family specifically for me so you find it's harder to set those boundaries Mm -hmm. because I feel like I mean you don't get to choose your family right like you have this family and I appreciate family Mm -hmm. it's like a cornerstone of like what I find to be so important Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know as an adult I now see the value in drawing boundaries for myself and my family so it's a weird confusing thing when that person makes me feel bad for the decision I've made. Right. And I think part of that with family is you, you can't choose your family and you can choose to have whatever relationships you can have with your family. So that's to say like, okay, yes, you are this particular, whatever, fill in the blank Mm -hmm. in my family. And that's important to me. And I'm still going to set those boundaries. So it's like when they do those things that you know they're going to do because you know them so well, mm-hmm. it's not taking you, – you, it's a weird thing to try to figure out how to not take on those feelings. Yeah. And to just recognize that you are feeling happy and you are feeling okay. They are not, but you know them. You know mm-hmm. you're not going to change them. What is the family relationship? So what do you, like, what would you recommend? Like if you were giving advice to like your cousin and you told her to like own that decision, what are some of the ways that you would empower her to like draw that boundary in a way that helps them all to move forward together? Well, for me, I just try to, anytime her or anybody else is talking to me about these kind of struggles, whether it's with a family or a friend or whatever, I, I just try to focus on that individual and what they, what it is they want. Mm Mm-hmm. And for me, it's about, okay, that's what you want. And as long as you're not, like, hurting somebody else, like, physically hurting right. another human being, then what you want is just fine. And I think that we have somehow learned that what we want is not okay mm-hmm. if others are opposed to it. I have seen a lot of success lately in trying to be more clear about my boundaries and avoiding guilt by saying hey, I hear that this is your opinion and I know it's because you care about me Mm -hmm. and here are the things that I've thought about to make this decision. Um, So I appreciate like your input in this situation and this is how I'm choosing to move forward. And like, again, that and- you try to explain yourself of, yeah, here's what I did. And sometimes that helps. It, yeah. And I think it's more about how I say it though. Like if I say, 
you know, I hear you feeling this way and I feel this way and I'm moving forward like this instead of, but like, instead of, I hear you, but I'm choosing to ignore you. Like, yeah, because that, but word is such a powerful thing where but it negates so everything yeah. in front of it. And, um, that also like helps me when I know I've taken the time to slow down and acknowledge their perspective. It helps me release some of that guilt right. because it's like, Hey, I truly have thought through this, been able to navigate the situation in a respectful way. Right. And, that helps me to let go of a lot of the things that would normally make me feel guilty. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's a really good perspective. And I think for me too, it's when somebody comes to me as, and I'm sort of an outsider on the situation, I do try to talk through, okay, how did you come to this decision? What are all the factors that you're thinking about? Mm -hmm. And I think when somebody has somebody else in their circle, giving them that guilt, it's hard to see clearly what it is that you actually want because you're factoring in that guilt mm -hmm. actively into what you're thinking about. And so I try to just remove that piece and be like, okay, well, what is it that you actually want to do? Mm -hmm. No judgments. What is it that you want? How can you get that thing that you want? And then, okay, how can you talk to that person? Right. And, and like those when I wanted statements to are very important. Maybe investigate not um, breastfeeding anymore. Like this was a guilt I had against myself almost. And right. like, or I say pump breastfeeding, but I mean like pumping. And you were like, okay, are you asking are you were you, breastfeeding. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially, but it, you were asking me like, okay, what is it that you want? And then what is the reason? And then like, do you want permission to stop? <laughs> like, do you, yeah. and you helped me walk through each of those scenarios to avoid the guilt I was putting on myself right. in that way. And that was such a functional way to do it. You did such a good job. Yeah. I Thanks. Friend. I'm glad that was helpful. <laughs> I, yeah. I try to detach from just the emotional piece of it a little bit and just be like, okay, what are the facts here? Because mm -hmm. our emotions get all wrapped up in all the stuff that we think. And I think for guilt is a very like should emotion. Like I think I yes. should feel badly that you don't like my decision. So I'm going to sit here and feel badly about it. But like the thing of it is, is like, okay, so say you're going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Say you're going to stop breastfeeding. And this is not applicable sure, to you sure, because sure. your husband supports you but say you're gonna stop breastfeeding at the end of the day you're gonna stop breastfeeding right because mm -hmm. it's your body and you don't want to do it anymore but your husband doesn't like it mm -hmm. again not you but like right um you can have all these guilty feelings around it and be all upset about it but at the same time it, you're gonna end up stopping breastfeeding because like you've already made your choice right so it's like you the guilt is just all this extra torture that you're giving yourself right because you know in this case husband or partner or whoever doesn't agree that you're making said choice but it's like it's okay to just say, no, this is my choice and I own it. And I'm sorry that you don't agree with it. Right. And this is what I have to do for myself. I find too, like for me at work, and I don't know if this was your experience when you were working, like it is so much easier for me to express an um, opinion or how I think we should move forward and draw like a hard line mm -hmm. um and not and feel zero guilt like I, I i do not feel guilty if i'm expressing to you that like this is my professional opinion and um and i'm equipped to make that decision i feel like it's so much more subjective when it's like about my parenting or about my personal life it's like yeah. professional life it's such an easy way to draw the line like black and white almost. it's much less back and black and white in those yeah personal relationships because mm -hmm. we talked about that in um, some of our previous episodes of just all that baggage that we all bring <laughs> yeah. to our personal relationships. And it's like, you, you've seen how like, Oh, so-and-so reacted this way before and you're similar to that person. And I don't want you to, I don't want to upset you. So you do this like dance of whatever, where we could just, if we were to straightforward with each other and mm -hmm. didn't project onto each other, we wouldn't have to feel that guilt. And two, I think owning, um, what we might be doing to other people in that way too. Like, yeah. um, really controlling your reaction and making it like a really objective reaction like helps to regulate how people interact with you also like because if you can remain calm in a situation and respond to whatever their opinion or solution is and like just make it not a personal thing and just yeah. say like either I support your decision or I don't but yeah. leave it at that and not make it like a uh thing like people then can trust you more and say like okay well this is just who that person is and it's okay that they have a differing opinion but right they you're not going to react in a way that makes them feel that guilt you know right do you find that the people in your life that make you feel that that tr like act i feel like there's certain people that actually try to make yeah. you feel guilty do you feel like there's less self-aware i do i it, do because a lot of times it's like the people that are making me feel the guiltiest i want to just hold a mirror up and be like 
hey, <laughs> yeah, here are these things that I feel that I do not call out regularly that I love you despite of. And I, I mean, you know, every nobody's perfect. Everyone has, again, different personalities and different things. But um, I do feel like a lack of self-awareness breeds sometimes insecurity that might make somebody feel mm-hmm. like if they were to share something like that, that they would be judged. And so then they judge you for that same thing or they yeah. judge you because they anticipate somebody else will judge you. And they're trying to stop that to, from happening to you, but in turn they're judging you. Right. Cause I feel like when somebody else is trying to project that guilt onto you, it's something that whatever you're doing is poking at some sort of insecurity of their own. Yeah. That's such a good, um, but like a way to say that because you're right. It is like anytime somebody has like a really adverse reaction um, that is judgment based and not like a factual, like you are going to hurt yourself <laughs> kind right. of thing. It's usually because they've been burned in some way in that area or they've experienced judgment in that way. And you're right. It is like a really like them taking a look at themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and I do feel like a part of what come fuel some of the guilt in our closest relationships whether that's family or friends or romantic relationships is the expectations Mm -hmm. I feel like there's certain expectations that get kind of just woven into these relationships that if you either grow and change and don't fit into those expectations anymore or in a given situation it's just not working for whatever reason that you have to go against that grain yeah people have a very visceral reaction to that and I think too when if somebody sees change specifically when people are growing um it triggers again the insecurity that you mentioned I was just listening to this um podcast of this woman who had been on this like year-long health journey and she lost like 150 pounds and she you know made huge changes in her life and she's like I had friends who I used to like hang out and drink with all the time and I couldn't do that anymore because I was on this journey and I got all of the comments like you've changed you're a different person and then she She's like, and I felt so guilty for that. And then I look back and she's like, hell yeah, I changed. Like right. I made this healthy choice. And like, I, I don't need to stay in one form because that's what makes you comfortable. Right. And um, that just resonated with me so much because it's like, the more you grow and the more you set your own boundaries, you keep going, you keep going and you keep right. uh, achieving new things. And it's like, you don't have to shrink to fit into somebody else's box, which you we don't. keep coming back to. Right. And it's, it's the same thing I think about anger, right? Like, so if somebody is angry and they're yelling at you, you can either yell back mm-hmm. and join them at their same level of crazy, or you can just keep a calm voice. That's what we do with our toddlers, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll keep a calm voice and you can judge me where I'm at. Yeah. Or you can, and people will eventually join you where you're at. Yeah. Might take a toddler a little bit longer, but like adult humans usually right. <laughs> pretty quickly will join you at your calm state. And it's the same thing with the guilt thing and the changing. Mm-hmm. It's like your changing has a lot of growing pains mm-hmm. and it's hard to sit there and be confident and convicted in whatever you're doing to change and grow mm-hmm. when somebody is trying to guilt you and stop you from doing that because it changes their little worldview when they don't want to change. Yeah. It kind of creates that friction a little bit because it's like they don't want you. But they, but if they want to keep in your if they want to keep a relationship with you, again, be that romantic relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. family, they have to change with you. Yeah. And people are very resistant to that. And I think it comes across as guilt. Yeah. So when we're trying to grow as people and figure out who we are and what we want and especially like growing our families and having young humans that we're trying to figure out what we want in their life. Yeah. It. It's hard because you take on that guilt and it's hard to own the things that you want for yourself. That's such a good point. Like maybe growth is just like maybe the guilt that's associated with growth that you're feeling is just the growing pains. Like that is just the adjustment and the newness. And that's such a a healthy way to look at it. Like when I think about it, because it's like, you know, it's true. Like if, if, if it doesn't change you, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Right. And part of that is like overcoming that feeling of like, I'm not sure, uh, to achieve the thing that you're right. Moving towards without like succumbing to what other people think you should be doing. And change is uncomfortable for the person that's changing, but then, like, to have to try to just filter that external yeah, piece of it while you're in this uncomfortable spot of trying to change yourself, and it's really uncomfortable. I think something that's interesting, too, is, like, part of, the, I think, 
for me, a lot of the guilt comes from the anticipation of what the reaction will be than the actual reaction. And so then I build it up in this, in my head as like this thing that's going to be such a big deal. Like right now I'm juggling work and personal life and my personal life, I'm taking care of my two-year-old in the middle of a pandemic at home. And so today I had a meeting for the first time with a new superior and um, it was at a time that's not that doesn't jive with Claire's schedule. Yeah. And I, my husband had a meeting with his boss about his promotion. So it's like all of these things I couldn't, there was no other option just in this moment. And so Claire, I had her set up with like a game and she was watching a little like song on the TV. And so I'm in this meeting and I'm on mute for most of the meeting, but then I'm asked to like speak and say something else. And you can hear, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star in the background. And in my head all before the meeting, I was like dreading and feeling guilty. Like, like I was doing something that wasn't right for either of them. And then I did it. And it was like, what's the worst that happens that this, these professional people know that I have a child and like, it's right. Nothing happened. No one said a damn thing about hearing twinkle, twinkle in the back. Like, and then one of my coworkers even had their baby like in the shot and like handed it to the, <laughs> yeah. handed her baby, handed the baby to his wife. And like, that was that. And it was like, fine. So that was guilt that you put on yourself it was, again. Yeah. It's the perceived reaction that I'm expecting. Well, because you high, you hold yourself to a very high expectation with yeah. your professional life. Yeah. And so that's why this and also my parenting. Into such a curveball. And I, that was something I wrote down about guilt was that I feel guilt. Oh, I, I put a huge amount of guilt on myself and I guess it's around that word should, right? Like I should be this way. And I feel guilt about around being present because when I'm working, I feel like I should be really present with my daughter. And then mm-hmm. when I'm with my daughter, I feel like I could be better at work. Like because, yeah. it's, because it's during quote unquote work hours, even though I work all the time, like all yeah. around her schedule. And again, it's around the should like, um, so I perceive that, I don't know, like the people in my bubble or world will be like somehow viewing me as not accomplishing yeah. or not living up to my end of the bargain somehow and it's two really important things to me my career and my daughter like yeah <laughs> you know daughter taking priority obviously um and so I do this weird thing where I guilt myself and um yeah it's a, a very strange thing and that's kind of paralyzing though because mm-hmm. it's like you're right it's you're doing the one thing and you're thinking about how you could be doing the other thing and it's just kind of back and forth I was talking to my husband about this the other night I was just sitting there and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm just sitting here and I feel so like angsty yeah. because I know there's a million things I should be doing right now, but I know that I can't start a single one of them Yeah, because I have like seven minutes before one of these tiny right. humans needs me. <laughs> right. So it's like you're constantly in this state of just the self guilt that you put on yourself. Like mm-hmm. I should be doing all these things that I, I can't get to because I can't dive into them and I can't give my all to them. Mm-hmm. So guilt is messy, man. <laughs> it is. Or I'll be, um, I'll feel guilty if I'm like taking a rest day. Like, like it's a Sunday and I'm like, this is my day. I, I'm always saying how if I didn't have work, I would get all this stuff done. But then I'm also like at some point, like my body needs to recharge. And if I just want to like watch a movie, I yeah. feel like somehow I'm, I'm like going to be perceived as lazy, even though my husband would never say that. My husband right. will be like, go take a nap, go do whatever. He's but you're wonderful. perceiving yourself as those things. Right. And I'm thinking like, and it's funny because I'm always, I, t- I always tell him like on a weekend, I'm like, go take a nap, go do your thing. Like, because I understand the value in that. And so but why like I do it to care myself. About the people. It's true. It's true. I'm an acts of service person. Love language. So I like much more would prioritize. Yeah. Somebody doing something to take care of themselves. Yeah. So yeah, which is interesting because you are a very access service kind of person, but it doesn't translate to yourself because you feel guilty. Yeah. Like, do I don't, yeah. service for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's true. Care. I think it would be interesting to do, like, a love language, a love languages episode where we, like, figure out what our love language is, but also how we, like, how we receive it and how we give it and, like, how that differs for moms. I wonder if that, if it's the same or different. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's ideas. probably where a lot of that guilt comes in, too, right? Because people are... If their love language is you show up for this thing that I asked you to show up for and you can't, Mm -hmm. they take it as you're just like, yeah, smiting, like, you know, not smiting. Smiting. (laughs) Do you want to be smoting? What's that? Smoting from Moana? (laughs) What is the word I'm trying to say? Um, Out of spite? Spiting them. (laughs) Out of spite. I like smoting. I like smoting. Do you want to be smoting? 
I love Moana. Because I know you guys watched Moana this weekend. You yes. guys were both like, it was so good. <laughs> We've I been trying to trick her into watching it for like a year. It's such a legitimately good movie. <laughs> but anyways, people think it is like a spiteful thing. Because yeah. that's their love language. Whereas you're not, you're not trying to tell them you don't love them. So we can't talk about a guilt episode without talking about mom guilt. Mom which guilt. is a special brand of guilt that we all feel. But why? Why do you think we feel mom guilt? Because we hold ourselves to a really high standard. Because yeah. um, nobody will love or take care of our tiny humans the way we can. And we view ourselves as the best version of ourselves firing on all cylinders in our head. And then we compare our, like, current self to that. And my husband loves to remind me that, like, your best changes every day. Like, your best today is different mm. than your best tomorrow. And I think it's, like, par- I think it's part of that book, The Four Principles. I'll confirm. But, like, your best is going to change every day. So what you're physically and mentally and emotionally able to do today will be different than tomorrow and you can only hold yourself to that standard and not like you know and I'm the opposite where I'm like I need to be better than I was yesterday which is yeah that's a steep um uh trajectory to try and hit all the time and so this is all that doing better that's such a yeah. guilt thing too and I I do believe in challenging yourself yeah but not the day-to-day yeah but th- again it's a different thing right it's about like doing the right things and not um like being the most productive or like that I think that leads to the addiction of being productive or being busy to feel productive and that's that reminds me of what you talk about with um kids eating Mm -hmm. because I've talked to you about this with my two-year-old I'm like he some days he eats everything and then some days I swear he eats like a piece of bread and Mm -hmm. that's it and you told me to look at it over the week yeah not the day-to-day and that's the same thing with your goals right like you can't be like I need to be better than yesterday yeah like as long as you're growing week to week yeah day-to-day that's a really good perspective you look at the day-to-day as this is who I am today yeah this is what I can accomplish this is what I have the energy to look do but you're still on the whole if you look at it across a week or a month yeah you're still growing even if the days are kind of an up and down what do you think is the thing that makes you feel the most mom guilt that's what Dun, dun, dun. Um, I don't know. I think it's just kind of that kind of we talked about where I think I'm, it's always that should, right? So like tonight Mm -hmm. I all day was like trying to get the dishes in the dishwasher and get everything cleaned up from the 5 million meals that our family eats a day. And never ending freaking never ending. And so I make the choice during the day to play with my kids and teach them and Mm -hmm. do all the parenting things. So the dishes pile up. And tonight, my husband was playing with them, and they were having a blast. They're all, like, screaming and having the best time ever, and I'm cleaning the dishes. And as I'm sitting there, I was thinking about this episode because I'm like, gosh, I feel guilty because I should be, like, part of that. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, in my mind, I can recognize they're having one-on-one time with Dad, and they're having a blast. And he plays with them differently than I do. And yeah that's stimulating for them but it's like I think the thing that gets me from a mom guilt perspective is just no matter what I'm doing during the day I feel like I should be doing something else or I should be able to do it all Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day at the end of every single freaking day like (laughs) something goes undone yeah it's like yeah it's like 50% of the things that I think I should have done it's like you can't right it's like if you choose to okay today like my kitchen's clean I did do all the dishes Mm mm-hmm I did take care of the tiny humans. We did do some learning. And, um, but my laundry's piled up again because yeah. you can't do it all. You can't. So I think it's just that juggle that gives me the mom guilt of like, gosh, I wish I could just stay on top of these things. And it's just a never ending crushing. Yeah. And that comes back to like what we talked about in our very first episode, which was like prioritizing. It's not, it feel we feel like we are putting something off or we feel like if we go to bed with something on our list undone that like somehow we're procrastinating and really Mm -hmm. we just chose what it was in the day to to prioritize and I think yeah I think that's definitely I I did I had that same struggle the other day where Ryan was playing with Claire and I was like I should go in there and be with them but I just needed a minute of just not doing something (laughs) and I sat in the kitchen and I just sat there and I was like so that's kind of my one of my main, I think, mom guilt things. What about for you? What's your mom? Hmm. Where's mom guilt come? Where it's ugly head. Uh, my mom guilt comes when, um, like, because I'm juggling work and stuff, and um, a lot of times I'll answer emails from my phone while we're like on a walk or Claire's playing at like the grassy area, and I like see something come through that I can easily answer. Yeah. 
I'll do it. And she will yell at the top of her lungs and she will go, mommy, no work. And the fact that she can communicate she says that, that, oh, it like demolishes me. And it's like, I, like, I know I'm doing this little thing now so that it doesn't pile up to hours of work later. And it's like, I'm trying, you know, it's just like, yeah. the, it's that can't win. It's like that there yeah. is no perfect balance. And I think that's what I'm slowly trying to start to realize is that like, there is not like, it's, you can't have a perfectly balanced day. You can't. We could plan all day long. We could limit the things. But at the end of the day, we still have more commitments and things that we need to do than are physically possible to all do in one day. <laughs> because right. that's what our society has, like, developed to. Even in, I, I just, in every different lifestyle, there's, that's still the case. And I just, um, that gets me. And yeah. then also, um, like, she's had so much more screen time this year because of work. So like yeah. when I go on, like today I put her on the meeting and then I have her set up and I like have her and she doesn't even like, she'll play instead of really just like zoning out in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, like in my head, I'm like, Oh my gosh, these people on this meeting, not only are you going to hear a tiny human, but they're going to hear the TV in the background. So then I'm the mom that has the TV in the background. And like, yeah, it's which no one is thinking right now. No, Like, and like, and it's funny because one of my biggest clients this year, um, like this, you know, super, um, very important woman as part of this organization, every single meeting, I could hear the Grinch in the background of her meeting because her kids were watching the Grinch and she had three kids at home. And I'm like, listen, you do you lady. Like it's, uh, why you can't, what is your option? Right. Right. You need to have this meeting and, and I can't have her climbing the walls when I can't they're going to get hurt. Yes. And that's what it is. It's containing her. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I realize now, like, I had a ton of screen time as a kid, and I turned out okay. And, I mean, like, did we, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's not, like, the same level, but, like. No, I get it. I don't know. We Question grew up in the 90s of, where, like, we had a lot, a lot of time, time where we were not really. There was a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah. So, I was thinking about when you said about her saying no work. I know you've talked about that before. And it's funny because it's, like, part of that is teaching her that there's boundaries Mm -hmm. and whether it's work Mm -hmm. or just that you need to go sit in the kitchen and have a moment of me time. Like I've gotten to the point with uh, my older daughter, my older child, my daughter, like when I say mommy just needs a minute, Mm -hmm. she'll go, okay. And like, I mean, sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) but you know, on, on good, on, in a good moment, she understands that that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I just need one moment and then I will be back with you. And so it's, it's true of that with the work too. But um, I was kind of thinking about that when you said that. I know a big part of your drive with work is that you hope that Claire will feel proud of you, that she'll look up to you, mm-hmm. that she'll want a career as well. So I met, I wonder if that's part of your guilt, too, is like now, right now at her two-and-a-half-year-old mm-hmm. age, she's going, Mommy, no work. Because yeah. it's and taking time away from her. And what you want long-term is for her to, like, admire that piece. Yeah, like, I just want her, I want her, what I really want for her is to see like the drive to like go after the thing that like lights you on fire, whether that be work or whatever your thing is. Like, um, it's not so much tied to like her having a career, but rather like her just, um, not like losing the part of her like identity that, yeah. Like keeping, keeping track of the things that she wants to do. You can be a multidimensional human being. Right. And I think what gets me is like, and we do set boundaries and we do talk about like, Hey, mommy and daddy work so that we can pay for these things. And yeah. um, we have those conversations. She understands that. Like, and like she, I, as much as her like little two and a half right, year old brain can, like we, you know, bring it way down to her level, but she gets it and she understands like, okay, mommy, you're going to go work now. And she like hangs out with my husband and like, yeah, she, um, you know, like <laughs> she, she said, mommy, is that your boss? Like I'm on a zoom call and like, or she'll like chime in in meetings yeah. and it's funny, but, um, it, it, what gets me is just like at a time where she perceives that it should be us. Doing yeah, it. I know. And I was just trying to flip it as like, yeah, <laughs> it's also good for her to see that you're setting that boundary and doing the thing. Yeah, that like it is. And happy, I think, so. um, it's as hard for her to, to hear understand. her say that. I know. Well, and she doesn't understand like when I pick up my phone, like she, she thinks it's one of two things. Um, she thinks it's either I'm working or I'm making the grocery list <laughs> and she goes, Oh, are we getting groceries? And I'm like, no. And then she goes, are you working? No work. And then she like, that's when she, she shuts, shuts up. <laughs> groceries she knows are coming See, now, for her. Fast forward that a few years, my daughter will be like, Oh, can you add this to the grocery <laughs> list? And then like when we get it, she's like, I ordered this. <laughs> like, Oh, did you order your Cheez-Its? Oh, right. that's so, <laughs> they're so funny. No, but good point. Good point. Good perspective. I think you did a really good job of like bringing that all around, <laughs> connecting it all together. So, 
on that note, do you have anything else to share? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Time for a crazy check. Crazy check. I have a mom guilt crazy check. Great. Ready. I'm ready. I don't want to be the only guilty one. I I realize how much guilt I'm carrying around. I, I need know. more therapy. This episode was so we're taking a break from season one so that we can, so that we can go get therapy. I feel like I need. I mean, I don't know. I, I could I, use some like maintenance therapy. I do believe. I, I feel like we all can. Man. <laughs> I feel like just talking some of this out just made me rethink all of this yeah. and how guilt drives our behavior. Yes. So you and I were talking about this a little bit this evening, actually, before we came up here to record. You were looking at all of the art that is mm. around my kitchen. And you shared that as soon as she goes to bed at night, you get rid of the art because she's younger mm-hmm. and just hope she doesn't notice. And usually she doesn't. I'm yeah, having a hard time. I feel guilty. Like, I feel so guilty if I throw away their art. Yeah, Especially sucks. my older one, because she's like, I know she worked hard on it. And yeah. I know she like loves the thing that she created. But especially now, like she loves doing art projects. So mm-hmm. I try to do a lot of art projects yeah. just as like an activity. For, but you can't keep them all. Yeah. Like, where are they going to go? I need a second house to put them. But I feel so bad throwing out their art. It is a little bit gut-wrenching. Like, I've I've literally taking things back out of the trash because I'm just like oh I feel like it, it's like this weird dance I do of like how committed to that piece was she because you know there's yeah. the there's the kid there's like different levels of kid artwork right there's the like they did this because you stuck it in front of them to keep them busy or yes. like the stickers that are like Paw Patrol or like stuff that you you don't want to save for like your whole life and then there's like the you know, really beautiful, like, scene that they drew of your family and whatever, or, like, yeah. they tell you, I worked so hard on it or they whatever. So hard, and... Or it was, like, a first time they drew something mm-hmm. a certain way or, like... Yeah, so there's different levels of, like, how important I feel they are, but I often sway and, like... Okay. Because um, my perspective is that you're very good at just, like, no, this goes right to the trash the filter. or this goes, but you're not... You're well, so here's my system. Easy. I do, like, seasonal... Uh, art like so like a monthly seasonal type of art like and what I mean by that is like I let her do free art all the time like I I try not to like give her a ton of parameters for Mm -hmm. the art but what I do is like seasonal colors or like we talk about bound like this was Valentine's Day so we did like a lot of like red white and pink and like um she had candy hearts and we used candy hearts for the art and like those kinds of things um don't get too excited I know you love candy hearts (laughs) see our IGTV for more reference on that um but what I do is, like, I'll take the ones that she worked the hardest on, and I put them on the fridge, and I leave them there basically, like, the whole month, and then I pick, like, one or two of those things. Okay. And then I, um, at the end of the month, when I know I'm going to give her, like, new seasonal colors or something the next day, and then um, I laminate or put it away, and then I keep only one or two things per month. Okay. I'm sure that she's two. That's going to accumulate to a lot of shit. That's what I always think about, too. I'm like, gosh, if you have all that stuff, although they're not going to be creating art when they're 15, they're probably going to stop making the super adorable art. No, (laughs) Well, I mean, like, the super adorable kind of art. Maybe she'll be an artist and she'll have, like, straight up murals in your house. But, like... Maybe. I I mean, her dad is an artist. But, um, so, I basically keep the art on the fridge where she can see it. And then I, like, sneak attack the rest away. Yeah. Um, I don't have as hard of a time as, like, we're practicing, like, letters a lot. And yeah. so we practice all, I'm like, I can't keep all these letters. But just anything that is, like, more artsy that I know she put mm-hmm. a lot of work into, I'm like, oh. Maybe it would be helpful for her to, like, be a part of, like, the ceremonial, like, monthly pieces. That's part of it, too. I feel and like I didn't for learn to be thing. well at that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, the decluttering, that's been my, like, pandemic goal of, like, mm-hmm. decluttering. If Losing it doesn't your bring me joy. Tendencies. My what a hoarder, yeah. Yeah. I mean you are a hoarder. That's I, why I'm like I can't I don't understand how you're so good at not hoarding the the art. I think I just married into hoarding. Maybe. Maybe. And I like support my husband's hoarding. Maybe. <laughs> but um yeah, I can but also too, like your daughter is at a different phase of mine and she's doing a lot more like preschool activities where she's like a lot more engaged in the yeah. act of it. And so yeah. you know, I think I think maybe involving her in the process, like, hey, maybe. we get to choose two every month, even if you don't keep them forever, ever, but, like, yeah. you, it's a lot more manageable to keep two in a box than yeah. 15. I know. Yeah, she doesn't understand that concept just yet. She was asking me why we don't keep, like, all the Christmas cards forever, and I'm like, well, I don't have anywhere to put everybody's Christmas cards, yeah. so, like, we enjoy them. Yeah. Which I did try to keep them 
in the past because I was like, oh, I feel bad. But then it's like, you don't have anywhere to like. <laughs> but that's that guilt you're building for I yourself. Know. I know. This is why nobody it's knows. crazy check. No, but like, I also have, I once considered, um, I saw like somebody put, like get one of those like key rings and they like yes. put a hole punch in the I saw them. that too. And I'm like, why did you put that out in the world? Because I feel like I should do Wait, that. And at first I was like, genius. And then as I was telling my husband he was a hoarder, I was like, oh. Oh, I it's see. Hoarding. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hoarding. Yeah. Like, it's just straight hoarding. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, the decluttering is so refreshing. Like, yes. I am good at getting rid of the things now after, like, a year of intensive decluttering therapy. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Marie Kondo and the home. I did a great job. But thanks. I mean, it's, it's come back around. We had Christmas and birthdays, so, like, it's. It's cyclical, for sure. More needs to happen. It's an ongoing process, but it's the art. The art gets me. With yeah. the guilt. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I would say just get her involved in the process. Maybe okay. just explain, and maybe that might teach her good boundaries with like the yeah. amount of things she keeps. Like, hey, if we if we're going to make new art, some art has to go out unless it's like one or two pieces that you feel very strongly about. Yeah, and then, and you can do it like in a less dramatic way, where it's like not like I'm throwing in the trash right in front of you. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, but I do try to teach her that. Like, yeah. she broke one of like one of their Mickey Mouse little tiny toys broke today, and I was like, well, I can't fix that one because she's big on like, can you fix it mm-hmm. or not? I was like, I can't fix that one, so it might be time to be take by Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> and it's like, and so we were like, well, thanks, Mickey, for all the fun. And she like took a picture with them, and then she did like go over to the trash and throw him out himself, nice. threw him out herself. And I was like, okay. That's a good boundary. I'm like, great. You're so I'm totally failing at the boundary thing. As you sit next to my piles of yarn that are my hobby and artwork that I do. <laughs> I know. I have a box that I still not have unpacked from our move of, like, watercolor stuff that is equally as cumbersome. Stuff. I know. So. And I haven't gotten rid of any of my own artwork. <laughs> and I then know. my husband. So uh, my husband, I have these canvases that I painted, like, super rookie novice. They were cute. I like Acrylic. Oh, he showed you the canvases? Oh, I showed you, you the hoarding. No, uh, can I tell you? <laughs> every single time I've moved, like the time I, we moved in together, the time we moved, like all like all the stuff around in the garage, and then the time we moved here, I keep putting them in the trash, and then I find them. Like one time <laughs> we went to Costco, and I was like, went, and he goes, "Oh, you can't look in the trunk," and I was like, "What is in the trunk?" He it was just hoarding he them. Hoarded in the trunk. them for he, you. Like, See, there's something back. endearing about another person hoarding things for you. But do you think we've looked at them for the last? Five years? You looked at them and said, that's me. I like them. I didn't look at them. I showed you the edge of them. They're still sitting in trash. I don't know. I need more therapy on this situation. So, <laughs> anyways, we're losing it. Try to manage your guilt. Own your decisions. Whatever it is you decide your decision. Right. Stay strong in your boundaries. Stay strong in your boundaries. You got this, friends. You do. So, thank you for all your support in this first season of the Winding Moms podcast. If you don't already, please make sure you're following us on our Instagram for all the most up-to-date information on all things podcast, the Winding Moms podcast. And we also have our website, thewindingmomspodcast.com, where you can sign up to receive emails from us. Yes. And thank you so much for your support and feedback throughout the season. It's meant the world to us. And if you are interested in what's coming next season or you have an opinion on what we talked about this season, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know in a review over there. That would really help us uh, grow our show. And share us with your friends. If you like us, share share us with your friends so that we can keep our community growing. Yes. All right. Happy Wednesday, friends. Happy Wednesday.